When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the program. Earlier today, we talked about the 49ers, and we talked about kind of what happened at the owners' meetings, things about that quarterback situation. But now it's time to focus on the second part of the uh, program, and that is the draft. And with me, I've got Justin Mello of The Draft Network here joining me. Justin, how are you doing today, man? Doing well, Rohan. Appreciate you for having me on. Appreciate you. The pleasure is mine. And before we get started, I do want to let you introduce yourself to those that may not know you as much uh, and do uh, say what you do over there at The Draft Network. Yeah, um, I, I mostly oversee our NFL draft um, interview series, so interviewing pl- uh, players and prospects in the draft. I've interviewed more than 700 draft picks in the last seven drafts. Uh, that series you know. is really my bread and butter. I've done several number one and number two overall picks, and right we're in the thick of it right now, uh, dropping about two or three every single day because I'm, I'm backed up. But I'm, I'm so thankful and, and grateful to, to have an opportunity to tell these players' story. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the beauty of the NFL draft, not only the player behind it, but also the person behind it. And so appreciate all the work you do there. Getting into today's program, I know um, 49ers, they're an interesting team. No first-round pick, no second-round pick, and only three third-round picks in the compensatory range. I want to ask you, though, who do you envision could be potential targets for the 49ers, not necessarily only in the third round, but overall? Yeah, I mean... <sighs> It's, it's tough with those picks, right? Like uh, having three in the third round, there's also some potential to maybe move up um, right. if they want to, right? Or if they can. They, they've got so many day three picks, right? Well, after the third round that um, I, I, I would imagine John Lynch, Adam Peters, they do try to move up um, at some point. I, I look at that right tackle position. Obviously, uh, you know, there's a hole there with, with Mike McGlinchey being gone. Um, some O-line depth with Daniel Brunskill uh, as well, having followed, you know, Rand Carthon to the Tennessee Titans. And I look at cornerback as well. I think corner can use some better depth. I think interior O-line could use some better depth. I, I think they're fairly well protected um, at the edge position, but having lost a couple of guys, right, in, in Charles O'Manahue and Samson uh, Ebucom. So 
I I, th- I look at those positions, corner and right tackle especially stick out to me. Then I start looking. I look at the trenches. That's the way they've built this team, right? I think from the inside right. out. So I look at the D line. I look at the interior of the O line, and I think there's some room for improvement there. I think that those two are, I mean, obviously very vital, but also important in what the 49ers are doing. You talk about right tackle, Colton McKevitz, they re-signed him. He seems right now to be the guy, but the 49ers openly said it will be a competition, and the contract they provided him, it's not necessarily starter-level money. It's not like you're indicating he's going to be the only guy there. They want to have competition there. Makes sense, especially when you allude to a potential trade up for one of the top guys, you know, in that top six, seven, eight uh, that the, uh, in this draft. But also, corner, the 49ers, they have four guys who I think are solidified. Um, you've got Samuel Womack from last year. You've got the guy who they just signed in Isaiah Oliver, Traverius Ward. And then you've also got Diamato Lenore, the, the latter two of who are likely to start. They normally roll with at least five. Last year was five and five safeties, but they could also roll with six and four. Ambry Thomas, I don't think his spot solidified after two uninspiring offseasons. So corner definitely could be a place, especially with the draft where, you know, there are a lot of these athletes and you take a shot at an athlete. That's kind of what the 49ers like to do. Take shots on some of the athletes, see who pans out. Yeah, look, if they want to take a shot on an athlete, one guy that that sort of strikes me as their type is Riley Moss from Iowa. Mm. Uh, This is a guy with an incredible track background. He's he's fast. He's got you know game changing speed. I'll, I'll I'll tell a fun little story. Um, as I was preparing for the Senior Bowl, I was on a, a call with uh, Jim Nagy, you know, director of the Senior Bowl, and several others, um, you know, in the media landscape. And when Riley Moss's name came up, um, one one of the bigwigs of the industry, and I'll, I'll protect his name, um, he unmuted himself on the call and he said, "Look, this Riley Moss kid's not getting enough respect. You want to talk about someone that could run, run? Riley Moss can run." Don't make mm-hmm. the mistake of sort of typecasting him. And, you know, you don't see a lot of white cornerbacks in the NFL, but he's not one of those, you know, hard hat, you know, lunch pail kind of guys. He He's an athlete. He can run. Right. So he sort of strikes me as someone that would be their type there in San Francisco. And I love the comparison because, I mean, I, I got to firsthandly watch Riley Moss. I, uh, I'm out here in Wisconsin, so I got to cover the Badgers. And I remember November 15th, the, the day we played him, the number one player I pointed out on the opposing team, Riley Moss. That's a guy who I need to watch some more film on because, uh, I mean, he he was intriguing. And the athleticism is certainly there. The question, I guess, with him in regard to our fit with the 49ers would be physicality. Can be physical enough to play corner on the outside in this specific system that requires really good tackling out of their cornerbacks. But, I mean, he's a white DB. We got a white DB as our GM. <laughs> There's that connection there. But, I mean, Moss himself – like it because an intriguing player, intriguing athleticism, and it feels like he'll be around that round as well. Yeah, I definitely think um, he's sort of a a third to fourth round pick where where really San Francisco is going to have to make their money in this draft. On the topic of right tackle, you talked about adding some some competition there, and we alluded to a potential trade-up. You know, I, right. I, I look at a guy, one that really strikes me um, is Matthew Bergeron from the mm-hmm. University of Syracuse. Uh, I, I You know, I, I think he probably gets picked in that 50 to 65 range, so it might be a little high for them to come up. But with all those third-rounders, I think anything is possible. Maybe they include a you know a 2024 day two pick, help sweeten the pot, get up there to that, again, that 60-ish range. He's a terrific athlete. 
that Matthew Bergeron is. So I could really see him being their type. You talk about that zone-based running scheme that yeah. Kyle Shanahan is running and has sort of grandfathered around the league, right? You look at other teams that are running that scheme now, like the Jets and, and the Titans and, of course, the Packers and the Rams and all those. Uh, that, that He's a great fit for that scheme, Matthew Bergeron is. And I, and I think he's a natural right tackle. I know there's been some talk of kicking him inside to guard. You know, the arm length is it's long enough to play tackle, but it's not you know, maybe as long as you'd like it to be, but it is long enough, right tackle, right guard, wherever he ends up. Um, I, I do think he's potentially plug and play at right tackle. If you give him an opportunity to play there. He's certainly intriguing. I mean, I think that he does warrant a, a round two selection. If you pick him there, given the scarcity at the position and the drop off really. And yeah, I mean, right tackle is a position where I think they'll definitely be looking at Bergeron's a guy, another guy who might fall in that category is Oklahoma's Wanya Morris, a guy who um, suffered an injury at the Combine but is now expected to uh, you know, participate at his pro day or his own pro day in April. So you've got a couple of guys in those in that range where if you want to move up, Maryland's Jalen Duncan as well, you know, you, you got a couple of candidates who might be a good system fit and may not necessarily start day one, but the goal isn't always to get a guy who's starting day one in those rounds. It's can you get the guy for the future? which is where the 49ers are trying to position themselves for understanding they have a stopgap option currently and they're wanting to move forward. Yeah. And another guy I'll shout out that strikes me as their type certainly is a BYU offensive tackle, Blake mm -hmm. Freeland. I think he's being criminally underrated throughout this process. I think he's a terrific, terrific athlete. That's, you know, uh, it, that's obvious if you look at sort of the relative athletic score, what he was able to do with the combine and things of that nature. He's an easy mover, man. He's so he's tailor made for that scheme. I'll be shocked if it's not one of those zone based teams that drafts Blake Freeland and, and San Francisco's one of few, right? One of five or six that really run that scheme as heavy as they do. So Blake, Fre I, I like Blake better at left tackle. So I, you know, th there may be a positional switch if San Fran did want to move him to right tackle. That's something they would have to weigh. Uh, but I'm a huge fan of Blake Freeland's, and I, and I imagine the San Francisco 49ers are as well. Played his ball there on the West Coast, right, at BYU, so they've got an opportunity uh, to, to get a relatively front-row seat to him. A huge, huge fan of his. And the one other thing that you talk about when it comes to Blake Freeland, or really any of these guys, Trent Williams, he has pondered retirement here this past offseason, and he is not a guarantee to remain with the 49ers. In fact, they could save $15 million if he retires next year, given his cap hit. And so, you know... You've got a couple of options. Trent Williams, a guy who is openly admitted that he does go through these year-to-year kind of uh, uh, questioning about himself in the offseason. And so you have a guy who could potentially play at right tackle before sliding over to left when Williams does make that decision. Yeah, that's a great point because, uh, you know, if you get Blake Freeland in the third or fourth round, it, it, if you like him better on the left, it doesn't have to necessarily always be plug and play, right? That's a guy um, that I think you'd love to stash. Look, good general managers, and, and John Lynch is a really good general manager. You know what they do? They address needs before they become needs. They, they mm -hmm. keep the cupboard stocked and ready to go. So when something like that happens, there's a succession plan already in place. And John Lynch, Adam Peters, they are those kind of decision makers. They've done a terrific job with that, uh, in my opinion, over the years. And, and drafting a guy like Brake Freeland, especially if he's there, well, they got three picks in the third round, all within, I believe, a, a few overhauls of each other. Uh, that's a guy that I would really like for them. Yeah, I, I mean, I definitely do agree there. You talked about the trade-up, some of these positions of need. Do you think that there's any position that the 49ers might 
scratch off on their board, understanding where they are. You know, BPA is obviously very important. Do you think that that's the uh, the they, that they should prioritize BPA, understanding where they are roster wise? I think they're in a pretty good position to go BPA if that's what they decide. Like I talked about, you know, right tackle and corner being two of the, you know, bigger needs on the roster. Keep it, It's a very good roster, right? So there are not a lot of needs on it. So when we look at tackle and corner, you also did a great job talking about how there's already some plans in place, right? A right tackle that they added that could, you know, uh, potentially start for them. They're about four deep at corner. If, if those are your needs, you're in a good place, right, from a roster perspective, and they are in a good place. So I do think they're in a pretty good position to go best player available. I, I think as the draft goes on, as I said, I think they'd like to probably add another edge rusher at some point. Again, they're, they're in a pretty good spot there, but, but having lost some depth pieces, I think they could add another one or two. But there's a theme here, and this is good for the San Francisco 49ers. You, you look at the corner position, you look at the edge position, Excuse me. I think they're the position 2023 NFL. I really do. Right. I got 30 draftable grades at corner, and mm-hmm. I got another like 30 draftable grades at edge. And I think it's a pretty good. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Draft from an offensive tackle perspective as well. So I think the 49ers are in a really good place here. You talked about the draftable positions, 30 at edge, 30 at corner. I mean, there's a lot of different um, solid players, maybe not at the top of the draft, but in that middle tier of the draft, do you think it's going to be similar to last year where a lot of teams try and get that movement between maybe not 25 and 120 this time, but maybe a little later, maybe around that pick 40, uh, somewhere where right in the middle of that second round to that third, fourth round range. Do you think that that's where really the bread and butter of the class is? What's your anticipation? Well, I think it starts even earlier than that. In all honesty, I, I, as soon as I get to around uh, 20th overall, uh, I, I, I sort of feel like there's not a very large gap between the 20th mm-hmm. best player on my board and the 50th best player on my board. And certainly as you continue to go down, that remains the case all throughout. Uh, you know, there's so many guys that are, that have emerged and that continue to emerge. Even as you get to that, you know, 80 to 120 range, I, I don't think there's a ton of separation among that group right now. So it, it's a funny class because, uh, you know, initially I didn't love what I had at the top. You know, when I, I would look at those top 10, top 15 picks, I thought some of them in previous years, you know, I, I feel like I would have had this guy. I got him at 12. I feel like last year I would have had him at 22 or 23. 
right? But as you continue to go down the board, that's when the depth really starts to pop. Again, especially in that 80 to 120 range, I think a lot of good football players. And I'll I'll throw out another name. Uh, If the 49ers want to add some depth, uh, the third round or later at at the interior, a guy that I think they're really going to like, and again, he plays his ball on the West Coast. They had a front row seat. Underrated players, UCLA guard John Gaines. Um, if, if, If you haven't heard enough about John Gaines, he put on an stunning performance at the NFL yeah. scouting combine. He's unbelievably athletic. You'll see a theme here. I, I always try to fit prospect, to, um, you know, to organization Gaines is going to be a, a zone based guy, right? In the running game, he's unbelievable. What's the foundation of that zone based scheme, right? Get to your spot before the defender does. It's not always a hat on a hat. It's get to your spot first, right? And John Gaines is an unbelievable athlete, incredible feet. I look at all these zone blocking teams. They always have a type at guard, and it's an athlete. It's a guy that can be not just a people mover in the run game, but one that quickly gets to the second level. I look at what they've done in Tennessee. They've prioritized athletic moving guards that can spring Derrick Henry. My pro comp for John Gaines is Aaron Brewer, who starts uh, that left guard for the Titans and has also played some set, uh, has also played some center. Gaines has that same versatili- uh, versatility. Mostly played guard, but he also played center at UCLA. And I, I know for a fact teams have talked about him playing center. So that's a yeah. guy that I really like for the 49ers as well. Once you get sort of that, you know, third to fifth round range. Yeah. I mean, uh, that's another name right there. And again, we're trying to find the bread and butter right there in that middle portion of this class where there's a lot of good prospects. I know you have to go. My last question to you regarding the tight end position. I know that's another group where it's a fairly deep class, another class where there's a ton of names, what do you envision happening out of the tight end market? 49ers expected to be interested in it, according to not only uh, the media, but also their own staff. What do you what do you what do you see from the tight end market? It's a good year to need a tight end, right? I mean, I think you got some high end guys at the top. Michael Mayer, Luke Musgrave, uh, Dalton Kincaid's exceptional. I'm a big Darnell Washington guy. Um, but once you start getting to the Packer, uh, sorry, the 49ers range certainly in that third round, closer to 100th overall they're probably not going to be players, right? For those top guys that I mentioned, of course, it would take too much for them to come up. Maybe they can be a player for a Tucker craft. Um, I think that's a guy that's a, a really good football player that, you know, might not go till 75th overall, for example. And I think San Francisco would have enough ammunition to get up there um, if they choose to. But I also look at in the range they're drafting and if they don't want to trade up or they can't trade up, you've got Luke Schoonmaker out of Michigan, who's a really good uh, tight end prospect. You've got uh, 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 Payne Durham as well out of Purdue that I thought was really impressive at the senior bowl. I thought he was terrific out there. You got the Iowa kid, Sam Laporta. You know, there's no telling where he's going to go as well. So this is a really, really good year to need a tight end. And I imagine the 49ers, they're going to be able to draft a a good tight end that could come in and complement George Kittle in two tight end sets. And, And the great thing is when you have a guy like Kittle, they don't have to draft a specific type at tight end, right? They don't have to go get a guy that can only, you know, catch the ball because Kittle can do that for them. Well, on the flip side, they also don't have to be, you know, zeroing in on, oh, it's got to be a Y type tight end that could 
really be an inline blocker only because Kittle can do that too, right? So when you've got a guy like Kittle, it opens up the possibility. So I, I think if they do go for a type, they'll probably want someone that can play the Y and can block. So on occasion, it could free up Kittle because as good as he is at doing that, you don't want him doing it all the time because he's such a good pass catcher, right? So And there are some good Y types. And one that I, I'll give a quick shout out is Braden Willis out of Oklahoma. I don't think he's getting enough attention in this class. He's a really good Y. He can be in line there, hip of the uh, you know, attached to the hip of the tackle and block. He also had seven touchdowns this year on only 39 catches. That's something that really mm. impressed me. You want to talk about efficiency? A guy that didn't have a ton of opportunities in the passing game because he's such a good blocker. They asked him to do it. But when he did get those opportunities, he converted them into touchdowns. You know, seven touchdowns right. on 39 catches. That's incredible. So it's a good spot. It's a good spot for San Francisco to need a tight end. There are going to be a lot of guys there in round three to five. I agree. And I mean, I think that that's another position where I think they'll look to address. I mean, they've openly said it, but also we're seeing a shift right in the NFL where there's in a, a really a desire for that 21 personnel, the ability to match multiple tight ends on the field at the same time, obviously forcing defenses to more so stack the box, creating more favorable matchups in the passing game, especially when you have two tight ends that can do it all. I mean, obviously no one's going to do what Kittle does to the degree that he does in year one as a group. But if you can get a guy who can somewhat uh, be able to run routes as well as be a factor in the blocking game, which the 49ers have tried to find in the past with guys like Jordan Reed before drafting Ross Dwelly, Charlie Warner, and then this year signing Tyler Croft, you're, you're, you're trying to go ahead and get a guy who can be that for the future for the next four years, especially because you see the tight end market in free agency skyrocketing. You get you see backups getting five to seven million annually. And so definitely, definitely understand uh, the desire for tight end, especially in this class. Yeah, I mean, you look at a guy like Josh Oliver, right, who I think right. just signed a, a three-year deal. What did he get? Seven, seven, seven and a half dollars a year annually i think yeah, something, i think if my, 21 if i'm not mistaken yeah yeah i think that's exactly what it was if my memory serves me correctly so and that just goes to show you and i say this all the time the y tight end position is so underrated right like right. no one likes it because it's it's boring to a degree right but uh, it's not the athletic pass catchers that make the wow plays in the passing game but they gotta get it's the ones that get down and dirty there on the line of scrimmage and there's not a lot of them People don't realize how few tight ends are able to line up there on the line and throw a crack block and, and block a 275-pound defensive lineman. There are so few of those types in the league. San Francisco have really the one unicorn in the NFL at the position, in my opinion, in George Kittle because, you know, Mark Andrews can't do it. Travis Kelsey can't do it, right? Who can do it? George Kittle. But if you go ahead and draft a wide tight end, you free him up to be the weapon that he is in the passing game. Maybe they go get another Iowa guy, pair George Kittle with Sam Laporta, right? Wouldn't that be fun? Or like I said, a guy like Braden Willis who could play that Y for them. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, like you said, a lot of names. And again, couple of different fits. If you want a guy like Sam Laporta versus if you want maybe a Will Mallory, Braden Willis, maybe in a Davis Allen, so many different names, so many different players at different stages in their development as well, which is if you want more pro ready guys, if you want guys who you believe can be a better fit in two, three years, especially understanding where the 49ers are with their cap situation, meaning they might have to move on from a guy like George Kittle in the next two to three years. Definitely a lot of conversations to be had. 
excited to see how it plays out. They're equipped with so many draft picks. Uh, again, John Lynch and Adam Peters are terrific decision makers. Something tells me they're not going to draft at every pick they have, right? There, there's just too much ammunition there for them in the third round. And then certainly, what do they got? Three or four picks in the fifth round, I think it is as well. So there's a lot yeah. of wiggle room. For, and, and look, and when you have a roster as good as they are, you don't need to make five or sorry, three or four fifth round picks. Sometimes what's more valuable than that is packaging a couple of those picks going up to the fourth round and making one pick, right? Make it getting that one guy that's going to come in and help you right away as opposed to getting three or four guys. So they're in an interesting position and I, I can't wait to see how they proceed. No, hundred percent, hundred percent. But Justin, I appreciate you giving uh, some time of your day, shouting out certain players who obviously can fit the 49ers at several positions, not necessarily of need, but players uh, they might look to target in this draft. Any final thoughts before we get on out of here? Uh, no, I mean, I just in general, uh, you know, keep up with the interview series on the draftnetwork.com. I'm dropping two, three a day. There's so much incredible content going up, uh, not only from myself, but all of my colleagues that, that do such a wonderful job every day on the draftnetwork.com. Uh, 49ers fans, enjoy the moment. This is a hell of a roster. You know, adding a guy like Javon Hargrave in free agency, what a move that was. Really signaled their aggressive intentions. Talk about strengthening a strength, right? That D-line was already so good. So tough to deal with. Well, they made it better by going out and, and getting Hargrave. They got a lot of draft ammunition in the third round and onward. I, I, you know, yeah, it's unfortunate they don't have a first or second rounder, but I really think John Lynch and Adam Peters are going to maximize the selections they have. Going to do a great job adding talent, both in the immediate and guys that they can sort of stash and, and, and get ready to contribute in 2024. It's an exciting time to be a 49ers fan, in my opinion. They will contend for a Super Bowl again uh, in 2023. I think there's no doubt about that. So uh, just soak it up and enjoy it. There are about 25 uh, to, to 30 NFL fan bases that wish they were in the San Francisco 49ers position. So try to enjoy it. Yeah, I mean, exactly. It's a it's always it's always intriguing being a person who covers the 49ers with the amount of information about them. But it's draft season. That's the next step of the formula. But Justin, I appreciate your time. Thank you guys so much. For those of you guys listening, appreciate always following along. We'll be back with some more content on the 49ers and on the draft very soon. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.